If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. Uh, Bill here, and I've tried recording this intro quite a few times, and I, I'm struggling to get the ideas that are bouncing around in my noggin to go into the microphone without my mouth getting in the way. So, you know, here's attempt number 5 billion or whatever. Uh, I need to make a change. And I know that whenever, whenever I make a change, whenever anybody makes a change, there's invariably people who don't like change and they they get off at the next stop and they say i'm done i'm not interested anymore and if the change that i'm going to make to the show is something that upsets you and you don't want to listen to the show anymore i totally totally understand there's a lot of podcasts that i used to listen to that i don't anymore because my interests have changed or their interests have changed, and we're not on the same wavelength anymore, and so I don't listen anymore. Now, if that happens when I make this change, and you decide that you don't want to listen to the show anymore, uh, I hope that you know that I appreciate all the time that you spent listening to me talk about video games. Um, I've been doing Nintendo Switchcraft for five years now. Five years doing this show. And I, I, I honestly, I cannot believe that I've been doing it for that long. That seems just crazy to me. It's crazy to me that thousands of you sit down each week and listen to me talk about video games. And I'm still going to be talking about video games, so don't worry about that. But I am going to have to make a, a, a change to the show. And, well, it stems from the fact that when I started the show, I always said... Even if I don't make any money doing this show, I'm still going to do the show because I enjoy doing it. And that has become less and less true over time. I've enjoyed doing the show less in the past few months. But I do still make money doing the show. And if I wanted to just make money, I could just keep doing Nintendo Switchcraft exactly the same and keep making money. I mean, look, it's not tons of money. But it's enough to justify the time that I sit down to make the show. And honestly, this is supposed to be a fun hobby for me. It's actually been kind of stressful because each week I look at the Nintendo news and I say, I don't really care about that. And I don't really care about that. And I don't really care about that. So I'm not going to talk about those things, which makes it hard for me to find things to put on the show that I'm excited about because that's where the show started. The show started because I was excited about a topic and I wanted to talk about that topic. And right now I'm not feeling super excited for what's going on with Nintendo. I'm still playing a bunch of video games. I'm still enjoying the hell out of video games and I'm still really excited about video games. But a lot of them just happen to not be on the Nintendo Switch. And so I feel like what I want to do is change 
this show, and I'm going to call it this show until I come up with a new uh, title for it, uh, but I'm going to change the show to be a more general gaming podcast where I'm talking about games from all platforms. I'm still going to talk about Nintendo stuff, but I'll also talk about PlayStation stuff and Xbox stuff and PC stuff and, you know, all of the different aspects of the gaming industry. I'm going to talk about all of that stuff, not just Nintendo. So from this point forward, Nintendo Switchcraft is going to have to come up with a new name. If you have ideas, please feel free to let me know. Now, if you are one of those people who has been along for this crazy train ride and now you're reaching up to say, hey, this is my stop. I want to get off. I just want you to know that I really do appreciate all the times that you've listened to the show. And I I hope that you find an awesome podcast to listen to that you are, you know, you sync with that, that really speaks to you. If my show no longer speaks to you because I'm speaking about things that are not just Nintendo, then I hope that we can shake hands and part as friends and you understand that I'm doing this because this is not my job, it's my hobby, and I want to be excited about my hobby. And recently I felt like I'm not excited about this part of my hobby because I'm, I'm trying to find something to get excited about that's Nintendo related and I just sometimes I just can't so hopefully if you're still here that means that you enjoy listening to me talk about video games not enjoy me talk about just Nintendo games and if that's the case thank you I appreciate it and it's time for us to move on and talk about video games if you have ideas for a new title or name of the show please let me know. I'm at RunJumpStomp on Twitter. I thought about just calling it RunJumpStomp, but I feel like I want to have some other name. I don't know what it's going to be yet. Anyway, let's talk about some video game news. Oh, Pac-Man, I'm beat. And I'm hungry. Thank goodness for Pac-Man pasta from Chef Boyardee. All right, the first one is definitely Nintendo-related. We had an, an indie world this week. And Nintendo just kind of surprised everybody. They were like, hey, here's an indie world, 9 a.m. Pacific time, 12 p.m. Eastern time. I was not able to watch it live. I caught it after the fact. Um, There were some kind of cool gems in there uh, if you watch it. If you haven't watched it, uh, head on over to our Discord. We do have a thread about it in the Nintendo section uh, called Indie World Direct 12-15-2021. And people were in there talking about it a little bit. Um... Let's talk about the games that I got excited when I saw. Number one is Sea of Stars. Sea of Stars, I think that might actually have been the first game that they showed. I was getting major Chrono Trigger vibes from watching this. The combat all reminded me of Chrono Trigger. The graphics reminded me of uh, Chrono Trigger. They even got the same composer to do the music for the game as Chrono Trigger. And his name escapes me. I forgot to write it down. This game looks really, really great, and I can't wait to check it out. Uh, Again, that's Sea of Stars. Uh, If you are a fan of Chrono Trigger, you definitely want to check this out. That also reminds me, I played the beginning of Chrono Trigger, never got very far, uh, and so 
that's definitely a game that I feel like I missed out on. And uh, one that I wish would come to the uh, the Nintendo Switch via like the Super NES, um, the Nintendo Switch Online thing, or uh, just have S- uh, Square Enix sell it as a, a, a you know a separate title. They don't even have to upres anything; just resell the game so that people can play it on modern platforms. I think that that would be fairly well received. Anyway. Uh, sea of stars looks very much like chrono trigger and i'm interested in what they've got going on there locomotive uh which is about like a detective thing happening on a train i think the graphics look cool i think uh the art direction looks cool but i know myself i i want to love point and click adventures and every time i see one i say to myself "Ooh, this might be the one and then i try it and I never really enjoy them. I get frustrated by the puzzles. The developers have a solution where that requires A, B, and C. I gather these items X, Y, and Z, and I think, oh, this has got to be the solution. And it's not the solution, and I get frustrated that I can't figure out the solution because I can't get out of my own brain sometimes. And so I'm not interested in locomotive, but if you're somebody who loves um uh point and click adventures it's definitely one that i think you're going to enjoy uh just based on the the humor that i was seeing from it uh the art style and that kind of thing overall i think it looks very interesting even if it's not for me um one game that i played and is now coming to the nintendo switch that i'm going to recommend with a giant uh caveat and that is Grime. Uh, Grime is a really, really cool, atmospheric, Metroidvania-style game with incredibly cool combat. But the game is super, super difficult. So keep that in mind. If uh, if it's something you're interested in, if you like like the Souls-like games, Grime is a Souls-like Metroidvania. If that speaks to you, if that's something that you're hyped for then definitely check it out because I really like all of the mechanics in the game except the fact that I'm not good enough to get past certain bosses. Uh, That's very, very frustrating there. What I will say is with the, the, you know, in a Souls like the the mechanics generally are when you die, uh, you lose everything. That does not happen in this one. Uh, So like, let's say that, and this is a little bit from memory, uh, you know, you kill an enemy, you get this currency. When you die, you do not have to make it all the way back to your corpse in order to get that currency back. You still have it. So you can just upgrade. Your, like if you had 500 insert currency here, I can't remember what it's called. If you have 500 of those, I think it's called mass actually because it's about like gravity or whatever. Um, if you have like 500 mass and it costs 400 mass to buy a thing and you get killed... You can then buy that thing right then to make yourself just a little bit more powerful so that perhaps you can then beat the, the the boss that just killed you, which is a very, very cool mechanic. So somebody might say, well, what's what is the penalty to dying? Well, the penalty to dying or just even getting hit in general is it destroys your multiplier. So you get a score multiplier as you're playing Grime. As you do good things, your score multiplier goes up. As you perform poorly, your score score multiplier 
uh, goes back down. If you get killed, in order to get half of your score multiplier back, you have to get back to your corpse before you die again. So that's how you are punished for dying in the game, but it's not as punishing as most Metroidvania, uh, not Metroidvanias, as most Souls-like games. Um, like I said before, atmospheric uh, quality is just absolutely fantastic. The design of the world, the art design is just absolutely top-notch stuff. Uh, highly recommend it if you feel like you're good enough at games to enjoy this game. Sega, hot hits today, hot hits on the way. Plug into today's hottest arcade a little more Nintendo news before we move on. Uh, Banjo-Kazooie is being added to the N64 titles as part of the Nintendo Switch Online uh, expansion pack. That's the thing that costs more than Nintendo Switch Online does by itself. Uh, and so they're they're kind of adding like one game a month, which is pretty lame in my opinion. But then again, they are also adding five Sega Genesis games most of which I don't even know what they are. Uh, so they're they're adding Altered Beast. Everybody knows what that one is. Toe Jam and Earl, super um, famous game. Dynamite Heady? I've never heard of that. Uh, Sword of Vermilion, which I've heard of but never played. And then Thunder Force 2, which uh, I have a... One of my favorite albums of all time is the soundtrack to Thunder Force 4 absolutely fantastic chiptune stuff i'm imagining that thunder force 2 is right along those same lines uh so uh those games are coming to nintendo switch online's expansion pack uh pretty soon on uh oh actually yesterday i didn't realize that so that's coming out yesterday and banjo kazooie is coming in january we don't know exactly when but it's coming in january for expansion pack members um cool i know that there's a lot of people who are going to be excited for banjo kazooie i'm not one of them probably i mean i probably would be excited if i would spend the money on the expansion pack but i just personally still think it's too expensive tunnel runner from cbs electronics where the excitement never ends i'm not trapped i'm not trapped all right, let's move on from Nintendo news. I want to talk about uh, my the, the game that I've been probably playing the most recently. Like, an unhealthy amount I've been playing this game, and that's got to be Halo Infinite. Um, of course, the multiplayer has just absolutely grabbed me and will not let go. It's incredible. It's really, really fun. But as soon as the campaign came out, I stopped playing the multiplayer and have been completely focused on the campaign and I want to talk just a little bit don't worry no spoilers here uh, I just want to talk a little bit about the acting in this game the voice acting and uh, like facial animations and stuff I'm sure that they have the actors wearing uh, I'm sure that they have the actors wearing like motion capture stuff so this is the actual actors um, acting that we are seeing it's not like an animator animating it i'm sure that there are things that the animators are doing to enhance the performance are animators performance enhancing drugs or something i don't know there's a joke somewhere that somebody funnier than me can come up with uh but these actors have just nailed it now of course master chief you know he's got a thing over his face so you can't see that acting 
the the guy who does that voice i i've never i played the first halo i haven't played any of the other halos uh this guy is doing a great job but he he's he's super one note like i'm a i'm i'm a bad dude watch out for me you know that kind of thing um at the very very beginning extremely beginning of the game uh there's a character that we meet very early on it's the first person to meet master chief in this game who's not like the bad guy and uh that guy who uh he's got like a beard i forget his name he's he's a he's the pilot uh he is just absolutely fantastic i'm not going to say anything about what he is saying but his delivery is great and i'm loving the things that they're revealing about his character and how his character is dealing with what's going on around him. It seems incredibly authentic and real, and I love it. He's just amazing. But the character that I love the most in this game so far, I haven't finished the the campaign yet. The character I love the most is, all I'm going to say their name is Weapon. And... Every single scene that Weapon is in, they just steal the scene. Their facial animations, their all of the subtle things that Weapon does with their face is so perfect and hilarious and endearing that you just love this character. And the way that they are making me adore this character, and please do not tell me anything about it, uh, the way that they're making me adore this character makes me very, very nervous for the future of the game because I worry that they are going to pull the rug out from under me and do something to this character. Because I just, I just, I, you know, there's a Halo TV show coming out, and I hope that, that Weapon is part of it. I really do, because Weapon is probably my favorite character in a video game this year. Which is really, really high praise. Now, earlier on this year, I spoke about how it was going to be incredibly hard for any game to unseat Metroid Dread as my favorite game of the year. I'm sitting here telling you that there's a very, very good possibility that Halo Infinite might do that. I, I, I want to see how the, the campaign wraps up. Hopefully, I can finish the campaign before the year is out. Um, but as somebody who talks about video games far more than plays them, you know, we'll see if that happens. I love Halo Infinite. I cannot wait to play more of it. It is absolutely wonderful. And if you have a way to play it, then you absolutely should if you haven't. Um, so highly recommend Halo Infinite, adoring that game. Uh, just such fantastic acting. And I didn't even talk about the gameplay. I'll have to I'll have to tackle that on another day. Now bring the arcade experience home because your vision is our vision. ColecoVision. All right, I want to move on to talk about Stalker 2 and uh, some good news about Stalker 2 and NFTs. In order to talk about this, I feel like I need to explain what an NFT is. And please keep in mind, I'm an idiot who is sitting here in his attic talking about this stuff. Maybe I'm going to get it wrong. 
If I get it wrong, please let me know. I'm at RunJumpStomp on Twitter. Here is my layman understanding of what an NFT is. You buy a piece of art, and it's, it's digital art, right? And nobody else can have that piece of art because you are the person who has that piece of art. And then they have like some blockchain nonsense to verify that your copy is the real copy. I would uh, give a simile that sounds something like this. I really like the Mona Lisa. I go and I buy a reprint of the Mona Lisa. That's not the original. It's not as valuable. I buy the actual Mona Lisa. That has a lot of value because nobody else can have the original. Now for me, I don't really care about that kind of thing. Uh, An object, specifically a digital object, does not have more value to me because somebody else can't have it. That just seems immature thinking, in my opinion. If that's how you think, that's perfectly fine. We don't have to agree on everything. But that's my understanding of what an NFT is. Now, video games are trying to bring, a a lot of video games are trying to bring NFTs into the game because they can look at them as ways to make more money on their games. And one of those ways is by having items in the game that you can get by playing. There's only one version of that. Only one person can have, I don't know, the orange jumpsuit in Stalker 2. I'm just making it up. Only one person gets to have the orange jumpsuit, right? And if I have it, well, I can sell it to you. And when I sell it to you, then maybe the people who made Stalker 2 get a little cut of that sale. This is very, very similar to what happened in Diablo 3. When Diablo 3 came out, they had like a real money auction house where you would go and go digging into the dungeon. You would get a cool thing. You would come out. You'd be like, well, I got this cool thing, but it's for a monk and I play a barbarian or a wizard or whatever. Uh, So I have no use for this. I'm going to sell it on the real money auction house to somebody else. I get a little bit of money. Blizzard gets a little cut of that money. And then uh, I can then use that money to either like cash out and I may just made some money playing Diablo. Or I can use it to then turn around and, you know, buy a thing in game from somebody else who, you know, got a wizard thing and they wanted to sell it on the real money auction house because they play a witch doctor. The, the difference is, is that in with an NFT, only one version of a thing can ever exist. And so it's, you know, it uses that blockchain stuff in order to verify who has the real copy. Well, Stalker 2 announced that they were doing some blockchain stuff. They were doing this, these NFT things that you could get in the game and then you could sell them to other players or you could keep them for yourselves, uh, which, sure, whatever. I think it's dumb and I'm not interested in it. And it's not only is it dumb, not only do I think it's dumb, but it is also verifiably pretty bad for the environment. Now, there are some people who are like, well, actually, you know, there's ways that they can do it that makes it not so bad for the environment. But look, 
it's it's bad for the environment. And I'm kind of an environmental kind of guy. I mean, I try to be environmentally con- conscious. So not a fan of that kind of thing. I'm not a fan of Bitcoin and all that stuff. And anything that does the blockchain stuff is just, there's giant, like, rows of computers in places just churning away at this weird cryptocurrency nonsense, which is all very much beyond me. But a lot of people agree with me that NFTs are bad in video games. I think they're bad in general, but a lot of people don't want them in their video games. And they spoke out against Stalker 2 and said, hey, we don't want any of that nonsense in the game. If you're going to do that, we're not going to buy your game. And by the way, that's what you do. You tell them, I'm not going to support you. Just like for me, even though I really, really wanted to play Diablo 2, I decided not to. I didn't want to support Blizzard because of the way that their management was behaving and the way that their management was treating their employees and more specifically like their female and minority employees. Like that kind of stuff ticked me off. So I didn't I didn't buy Diablo 2. It's not like I don't have a billion other games to play. So I voted with my wallet. Well, a lot of people told Stalker 2, hey, we're voting with our wallet. We're not going to buy your game. And Stalker 2 caved. They said, dear Stalkers, we hear you. Based on the feedback we received, we've made a decision to cancel anything NFT related in Stalker 2. The interests of our fans and players are the top priority for the team. We're making this game for you to enjoy, whatever the cost is. If you care, we care too. With love, GSC Game World Team. I think that's awesome. I think that that is absolutely top-notch the right thing. Now, are they going to turn around and try and do it again later with some other game? Of course they are, because they see some way to make money from it. And I'm not against game companies making money, because when game companies stop making money, well, they stop making games. And as somebody who likes to play games, I want them to make make games, so I want them to make money. I just don't like this way of making money. Now, if you don't agree with me, that doesn't mean that I hate you or anything. It doesn't mean we have to fight to the death. It doesn't mean that I think that you're a bad person. We just disagree. So if you're somebody that decided, you know what, I'm going to play Diablo 2, even if Blizzard is being a bunch of tool bags, that's totally fine. Because guess what? The people who work at Blizzard directly benefit from you buying a copy of Diablo 2. That's the employees too, not just the management. So like there's it's it's not a black and white kind of thing. It's a very gray area here. I boycotted them. I'm not buying their games because I don't like the way that they're behaving. There's a lot of people who are like, well, I'm going to play Stalker 2 anyway because I don't really care about the NFT thing. I just want to play the game and enjoy it. Well, for me, I was kind of looking forward to Stalker 2, but as soon as they mentioned that they were bringing in the NFT stuff, I was, I'm out. I want nothing to do with your nonsense. Get rid of it. Is that always going to (laughs) work? No, because if EA decides to do it, if Ubisoft decides to, actually, I think Ubisoft is already doing it. You know, if these other companies decide to do it, if everybody decides to do it, gamers aren't all going to stop playing video games. It's almost inevitable, but it feels like a nice little victory from the people who don't like the idea that 
art is only valuable if only you can have it. So I like that that the people behind Stalker 2 folded on this because it shows that voting with your wallet works. I don't know if it'll always work, but I hope so. Dear Atari Anonymous, my son Boris has a missile command problem. My mission in life is to save all of mankind. All right, everybody, that's it for this episode of the show. Thank you so much for listening, for sticking with me. If you unsubscribed, well, obviously, you're not hearing this right now. So if you are hearing this right now, then you probably decided that it's worth sticking around and hanging out with me. And I really, really do appreciate it. Uh, I expect that a lot of people will no longer be patrons over at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. I 100% understand. Uh, If you want to send me a message on there telling me that you're upset with me, I'm not going to be upset with you for sending it. Uh, I, I really do appreciate everybody who listens to the show. I just no longer wanted to make a show that I wasn't excited about. And so I wanted to talk about things that are not just Nintendo. I'm going to continue talking about Nintendo. I'm going to continue talking about non-Tendo stuff. Uh, but I still do have to come up with a new show name. I still do have to come up with some new uh, artwork. Uh, we're going to have a bit of a transition here. And uh, I will say this that outside of the first five minutes of the show, which I recorded about 78 times, the rest of the show was really enjoyable for me to make because I wasn't desperately grasping at straws trying to to care about something that I was talking about. I actually had things that I was excited to discuss. So uh, if you're still here and listening, thank you. You're awesome. And uh, if, if for all of those people who... This is the last episode they listened to. Thank you so much for all the time that you've chosen to spend with me. I really appreciate it. I'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.